Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Future Interview podcast. I'm Barrett Anderson, the COO of Future Interview. And for those of you who have never heard of Future Interview before, we run the annual FIRE conference, which The Economist has called the best technology conference in the world. It is taking place this November 6th through 9th at the Terranea Resort in Los Angeles, California, and we hope that you will join us there. The other arm of our business, Strategic News Service, provides its subscribers with the most accurate source of information about the future of technology and the global economy. So if you are, enjoy these podcast updates, you can sign up for the Strategic News Service Global Report using the link below. Now, I'm here today with Mark Anderson, who is the CEO of Strategic News Service and the chair of Future Interview. We do a lot of these podcasts together. He's a familiar face for any of you who, who have watched our other podcasts. And we are talking today about, uh, he will be interviewing me today about my last SNS Global Report, which was focused on a little company called Otter AI. Some of you may be familiar with this company. So let's begin, Barrett. Okay. Uh, Otter, as you know, we've used otter.ai. Mm -hmm. A lot of people use otter.ai. I don't know how many, but a lot. Yes. And it's... Um, claim to fame is that it is a really good transcription service, kind of automatic transcription of uh, whatever your meeting is all about or whatever your recording is all about. It's quite useful. And Very so useful. Uh, since you decided to write about it last week, what exactly got you writing about it and what did you find? Well, so I'll start off with what I found because I think that's that's a, and it helps to set the tone for, and then I'll tell you what, did you find? what I so after doing a careful review of otter.ai, I wrote in last week's report that we recommend as a company, Strategic News Service recommends that you delete it from all of your devices, uh, as we believe that there's a very high likelihood that it may be being used as spyware by the Chinese Communist Party. And its data policy provides little to no security around your sensitive user data, including the topics and contents of all of your meetings, which may or may not be being recorded with or without your consent. So that's the <laughs> that's the big picture. That's the um, bottom line. Yeah. And I think it's important to get that out there right away because it's important for, you know, if you have someone on your team that's using Otter AI, they may be recording you internal sensitive internal meetings even without them knowing it. So right. Right. how I how I found this is because it happened to us, right? So we had someone on our team who was using it for tra meeting transcription. Um, normally, the idea is that when you attend a meeting, Otter kind of you know shows up on your behalf, takes notes, sends them to everyone at the meeting, which is a pretty useful thing. But we were having a meeting with an external um, a potential sponsor for a future interview a couple of weeks ago. And this other person who was not invited to the meeting, their Otter AI client showed up in the meeting. requesting. Even though they weren't part of the invitation. They were not part of the meeting. They'd never been invited. They'd never RSVP'd. So it had somehow infiltrated our meeting system to show up in meetings that had not been invited to. Now, morning. morning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we declined. We declined that request. Um, and in fact, we were speaking about confidential topics of information about a major, you know, multinational company that has insight into a lot of different companies around the world. So it would have been a very interesting transcription to be based in otter.ai's database. 
Were you using Zoom or Teams when you did that? We were using Teams. All right. Since Zoom is owned by the Chinese, I just said I'd ask that question. Yeah, which we and and we're using Zoom now, so it's not you know it's no secret that you know Zoom also has some some issues with security and data hosting and data privacy and data security. And we believe you know we've said this in, in any of our public events, we do not use Zoom for private meetings. Right. That exactly. includes sensitive information. <sighs> yep. So um, this happened. Um, was there anything else about what you were seeing in your research that keyed you up to be suspicious of Otter? Yeah. So there are a couple of things. One thing that kind of, the thing that really kind of stuck out to me and made me think, hmm, wouldn't this be a perfect like Trojan horse for listening to the thousands of internal meetings across every company in the US was the fact that the, the person that we were on this call with said, oh yeah, this has happened to us before actually with someone else's team where they weren't there and their auditor tried to show up. And so I started, you know, we actually started talking about this at our team meeting, Evan Anderson, who is the CEO of Invent IP, and I started doing research about this in a team meeting. And we very quickly realized a couple of things. Number one, um, there were have been quite a few people who have reported that Otter is not does not respond to cancellation, right? So rather than even when they've tried to cancel the service or turned it off, it still inserts itself into meetings without resp- permission. Um, there was a whole thread on Hacker News about that. And there was another journalist who, you know, this is a tool that's often used by journalists to transcribe information and, and interviews with sensitive sources. One of the journalists that we found who'd written about this had had a done an interview with a, a Uyghur activist, kind of public policy person based in DC. They transcribed the interview using Otter. And then the next day got a personalized uh, email from Otter with the name of the person in in the email asking them to answer a survey about the nature of that meeting. So those are two things that right off the bat just kind of were like, oh, okay, this deserves some further exploration. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you open up that Pandora's box top of it came without its own person attached. Right. Then any other thing you want to say next about how bad can it be would be not surprising because just because you say it can't come in doesn't mean it can't come in. It's already in, right. basically. So um, it might be in every every time you're meeting and just doesn't announce itself. Yeah. It's possible. I mean, I think the way that Teams is set up, you can see. but um, I think so too, but I'm not... I'm sure there may, there may be a backdrop of some <laughs> kind where you could install a software program that would, you know, by downloading the app or by down, it could it could provide provide some kind of other access to your yeah. desktop, to your screen, to your keystrokes, all possible. If I were the coder, that's how I'd do it. I'd make you feel like you got rid of it, and then it would still be there. Well, so um, what's your advice to people? Um, well, in general, you know, I I think. There, in in doing further research on Otter specifically, um, I came up with kind of a checklist of questions because Otter is not the only company right. that you know is is being probably likely used in this way, and so I came up with a checklist of questions that you as an individual can ask yourself 
to identify, you know, is, what is the likelihood that this tool may actually be being used as spyware by the Chinese Communist Party to access sensitive internal data about your company, about your team, what have you. Um, and any a yes to any one of these questions, I should say, does not necessarily mean that this, like that a company or a tool is being used as spyware. But if you notice a pattern, we work in patterns a lot at, at SNS. If you notice a pattern where, you know, like three or more of these questions have, have yeses as the answer, there's a high likelihood that it is. And if it's not, then that just means that like, if this company isn't, isn't being used as spyware by the CCP, then they're just not doing their jobs, right? And the CCP does its job, right? Yeah, so this is, it's, they, they access everything they possibly can. Um, in, and that's part of their, their broader global strategy. So the checklist, I'll, I'll read through it. Yeah. Um, but so the first question on the checklist is, are, do the companies, like were any of the company's founders born in China? So that's question number one. This is important because the Chinese Communist Party has demonstrated a willingness to bribe, infiltrate, influence Chinese nationals all over the world, regardless of where, you know, where they're currently living. Um, and they've done this in elections in Canada. They have, you know, these rogue police stations that are located all over the U.S. or have been located all over the U.S. Um, so this happens all over. They've also threatened and threatened to harm family members of Chinese nationals who are living elsewhere if they don't cooperate or if they speak out or if they you know, bring too much attention, negative attention to the activities of the Chinese Communist Party. So it's important to understand that it's not just about, you know, is it, it sounds, some people might say, oh, that sounds like a racist question, but it's really a, a practical question because you know, if someone is born in China, was born in China and maintains connections, familial connections, they are by nature of the way that the Chinese Communist Party operates potentially yes. subject. It's it's not because they're Chinese per se. It's because the system of CCP control, a repressive control, makes them a victim. It's so pervasive. Yeah, exactly. Both to be victims. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Question number two. Okay, so question number two. So so the answer for Otter to that, both, both founders um, were born in China, educated in China. Um, and then came to the U.S. and worked at major, you know, graduated from um, Stanford and I believe Duke and then worked at Yahoo and Google. So they have this like U.S. bona fide with a Chinese national education background. And that's often kind of a tip off that there may be some influence going on. Question number two is, do the company's founders have any past or present ties to the CCP? So do they have any history of working with or um, having uh, business connections? to the Chinese Communist Party or, or organizations affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party? And the answer in, to that question was also yes, right? So both founders um, previously to Otter AI founded another company um, that was used to, they basically created the technology that allows ad tracking based on where your, your phone is. So it's like tracking, real-time tracking of your phone so that ads can be served to you. And then they sold that company to Alibaba, right? So for those of you who are not familiar with Alibaba, major Chinese company was relatively, I would say previously, relatively um, as much as a company could be um, independent and perhaps even was so when they sold their company. But 
has since been taken, basically taken over by the CCP. Yeah. Well, Jack Ma was hauled off to jail somewhere and yeah. Yeah. something bad happened to him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so that all of their, you know, the founders, their money came from a, a direct source that over which the CCP has control. Um, so the next question is, do the company's investors include any CCP-backed entities? And in this case, Otter AI is founded to an undisclosed sum by Foothill Ventures, formerly known as Singwon Ventures, which changed its name because it's taking too much heat because it's directly tied to Tsinghua University, which is known to be a hotbed of Chinese espionage. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Is that your list? No, there's more. There's more. <laughs> That's All right. There's three. Okay. Uh, the, the fourth question is, does the company obscure the names of its founders, team, or investors? Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, if the company doesn't isn't clear about who runs the company or who's in charge, they try and kind of hide that stuff. Um, it's a sign that there may be some kind of like deeper thing going on there. And in this case, yes, um, there is no team page on the Otter AI website. <laughs> um, it's hard. It's really hard to figure out who their team actually is. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take that much research, but it's clear that they're not making it as easy as they could for people to figure out who's in charge, who's responsible. That's a tell. Um, with the exception of one, you know, their CEO and one major growth person that they just hired from Facebook. So, mm -hmm. uh, and then the last question is, does the company have a history of making questionable decisions about data hosting and privacy? Mm -hmm. And the answer to that is clearly yes. Um, in I addition so. to, yep. yeah. In addition to like the things we've already talked about, um, Otter.ai has previously <laughs> made a lot of confusing allegations and or statements about who can access their data. They've changed their mind about that a lot. They've been really inconsistent about it. And um, finally, kind of like where they landed in, in an exchange with one, with one journalist who was trying to interview them about it was, oh, don't worry, the only person who can access our data or provide access to external governments is our CTO. Now, as we've already talked about, CTO in this case is one of the co-founders, Chinese national with previous economic ties to the CCP. So the answers to all of those questions are pretty problematic, which is why we came up, like the ultimate recommendation was well, delete this. Yeah. Remove you it it, it, devices. Can you delete it? Can you get rid of it? I mean, I'm sure you can delete it. The problem with any app that's downloaded to your phone, especially, is that once it's downloaded to your phone, even if you delete it, there are specific things that can be included in it so that it maintains access. Yeah, it's root access. I, I don't know phone. the technicalities of it, but there's a lot of... It's called root access. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, you've done a good job, I think, of describing the, all the tells. And, um, you know, here we are in the middle of this TikTok conversation. Montana's made it illegal in a bunch of states, 13 or 14 states at least, more coming. Um, probably the federal government will wake up someday and, and realize it should do the same thing with TikTok. But we're way beyond the TikTok moment, I think. And you're finding otter.ai. How many of these things are there? China won't allow any of American things into China, but we allow all of their stuff into America. And I, I'm curious... Of all these spywares that are out there, spyware programs, how many do you think there are? And are there any others you want to mention? Um, yeah. So one place to look is in the portfolios of Sing 
Foothill Ventures, formerly known as Singwon Ventures, which was previously um, EEC Angels or something like that. Um, and their portfolio includes a lot of major companies. Um, so none of those companies necessarily, I would say like it's important to go through the whole checklist and, and do deeper dives on those companies to know for sure. But having looked into Zoom, I'm pretty confident that it probably is being used that way. Um, Carta is also a major that's, investment. That's company. a really big, big, you know, I don't know if that's been outed yet, but Carta is used by every startup I know of in yeah. America to do their cap table work, et cetera. Exactly. And every now it turns internal. out Ion Pacific and some other Tiger related, you know, that's, that's a real disaster. Yeah. So we haven't done a deep dive into Carta yet to, to determine whether or not, you know, I mean, it could be that that was an investment that was designed to help them give them more access to Carta. Um, you can't know for sure if the sure. company is structured in a way that actually does give them access without like looking into it a little bit further, but it's definitely something that is pause is, is reason for concern. I would say you wouldn't want to know it. And now we know it. We yeah. just don't know how much we know. Maybe, maybe that will be the, the, the subject of our next investigation. There you go. Yeah. Well, so in, in summary, I think you're saying delete it. And are you making any recommendations in terms of policy in the United States or in other free countries? Um, that's a good question. I haven't made any official recommendations on that front yet, but I have definitely recommended that, that um, TikTok especially, I mean, it's, TikTok is just like a blatant play yeah. for, yeah. you know, in the United States, given the like economic conditions and the global economic and military escalation by China and Russia and Iran and North Korea, I would think it would be kind of a no-brainer at this point that you shouldn't allow um, Chinese-owned companies access to U.S. you know the App Store databases, um, just in general. Strategic. That would be a good start. Yeah. Well, and you you coined a term in a recent uh, GR that you wrote, little report you wrote about um, uh, information sovereignty and the ability to have our own conversation per nation about elections or about leaders or about mm -hmm. important subjects. And I think that all plays back here that if you're being spied on constantly, there's a loop, I think, right. where they learn about you so they know how to influence you. I, I know for sure that the Chinese Communist Party has a, a database of information based on, um, you know, your, everything that they can glean about people online and specifically about people who are critical of the Chinese Communist Party. So you and I definitely probably have We're in trouble. Uh, little bios in there, um, but uh, they're definitely aggregating information on at a personal level about pe people in order to influence and, and undermine them. And I'll just mention, Barrett, you broke the Cambridge Analytical story so much time ago, but it was one of the very first really big stories on misinformation targeting individuals. And here we are. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, well, keep, it's gotten keep worse. Up, keep up the good work. Uh, I'm sure everyone's very depressed now, but that's our job. So uh, delete, yeah. delete, 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 and keep deleting, and then uh, keep reading Barrett. Yeah, and and... If you want to learn more about these kinds of things, if you want to be better informed about what to expect from the future of technology and the global economy, um, I highly recommend joining us at, at the Future Interview Conference this year. It is going to be really an incredible show. Will be. So, Thank you, Barrett. Thanks very much. Thanks, everybody else.